Welcome to season three of the Cut Red Handed podcast. My name is Dumebi. For each episode, we discuss a book written by an African author and how we relate to it. Join us for this exciting episode as we shine the light on another African writer. This episode was recorded over Zoom. Hi guys, welcome to the Cut Red Handed podcast. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the book, Girl is a Body of Water. By apologize if I ruined your name. Yeah, Jennifer Nasumbuka Makumbi. A girl is a body of water. And it was an amazing book. So before we get into that discussion, let's go straight into the week recap. Now comfort was about to there was not about her week. So comfort, take it from here. Oh my god, my week was exhausting. Jesus Christ. It was so it was like super exhausting. I've been working all week and we had this um data we had to analyze and prepare and that like just took up so much time and I was like I was so exhausted. Like Friday seemed like Saturday to me. That's how you know my whole cop um this thing perception of time of day and night has just you know it's the lines have been blurred mm-hmm. that's the best way to explain it so and i've been watching a lot of nigerian films right because like i needed something to distract me while i'm doing the data preparation and i didn't want to focus on anything serious so i can't obviously put any interesting series film towards so you know nigerian films and something else. oh yeah i started watching this um telemundo this telenovela on Netflix, without breast, there's no paradise. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously, like it's written in Spanish, right? But mm. when I started watching, right, the first thing I saw, because um, Netflix was translated to English, right, and they directly translated it to "Without breast, there's no paradise" as the title, and I was like, "Hold up, hold up!" And I paused, right? I'm like, "Okay, maybe it's probably just directly." translating mm, that's not the actual you know, thing. because yeah because there has to be an explanation for the title being without breast there's no paradise <laughs> so, wow. i went to look for the um the film on uh on google right and he actually translates without breast there's no paradise but like i can kind of um the kind of meant like without um breast implants there's no paradise interesting that makes it <laughs> more interesting it's like what's going on <laughs> it sort of puts um how do i say it? puts things in his in pers- in perspective right it's it adds context to it without breast implants anyway sha i started watching it and that's what i'm watching so far Oh, but anyway, I'm like I'm so happy that the week is almost over. Next week is still going to be stressful, but at least you know for the next one or two days, I don't want to have to think about it. Yeah, that's really reassuring. And do you have any Nigerian movie you recommend? Um, wow, wow. Up the top. Like based on the ones you watch, not like in general. Oh, see, yeah, I think you're misunderstanding. I'm watching these Nigerian movies. I don't even remember their names. I'm just watching them so that I don't, you know, sleep off during the daytime. So I don't get frustrated. I don't get that. So 
if you want me to recommend out of the ones I've been watching since, I don't even know their names, so I can't recommend any for you. That makes sense. I mean, I don't really watch a lot in this time, but I can imagine just as a background. Yeah, but some of them are actually funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like my um, ex with benefits. Yeah, that one was funny. And what platform are you using to watch? Is it Roku TV? Yeah, Roku. Okay. And YouTube. Okay. So guys, can go check that out. I mean, I'll check it out and see what comfort is recommending for a stressful day. So if you're looking for a background sound, I'll check. <laughs> this is an ad- advertisement for Nigerian movies. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that though. <laughs> oh, for me, well, this week. As I was thinking, has also been stressful, but it's a different kind of stress. It's not like um, it wasn't so stressful, but it was more for me. I would say it was more productive than I usually would do. So I made up my mind to be like very productive for like four days, and then take my Friday to be you know to be less stressful. And so those four days were like very full, very packed. Like I walked almost like back to back i'd even give myself a lot of breaks so that i can have a better a less stressful friday and on friday i ordered like sushi burritos i wanted to try them out um i've I've actually been doing that see if i had known that that would be a business i would have been doing that whenever i make sushi i'm too lazy to cut it so I just roll it, I put the rice, I put my tuna and everything. And I actually make sushi burritos. There was someone to have this idea somewhere and selling it for an amazing price. <laughs> I will say the price. And people are buying it. If I had known, I would have set up my own restaurant. But that's not my calling. Um, I actually bought it. nice, it's fresh. It's something you can make by yourself. But... Um, everybody was raving about it because we don't have like a lot of like amazing restaurants no offense nearby like New York or something yeah it's not like New York New York has like variety and you know interesting things um, but yeah it was nice it was fresh to eat I had, it had avocados lettuce um, mine had crab and shrimp tempura because I always try to get that in whenever I get sushi but yeah, I had a very interesting week and I read this book like on Thursday by like 2 a.m. I just had the energy to wake up. Maybe because I had already finished my day kind of. So like I will say Friday, was it Friday at 2 a.m. or Thursday? Thursday at 2 a.m. My Thursday felt like Friday for some reason. So Thursday at 2 a.m. I read the book and then I started my day. Yeah, so... Um, what else happened this week? Nothing much. I haven't gone outside all through this week. I don't know if that's an interesting fact. Um, I should <laughs> take a walk. <laughs> like, I haven't stepped out, like, at all. Okay, I, I went to work physically on Tuesday. So, since Tuesday till now, I haven't stepped out of my house. But I guess that's, that's natural, now. Everybody in the pandemic and all. But the vaccine is here. I mean... I don't know if I want to take it, but I think I would have to take it um, so I can start traveling and other things. 
Yeah, there's nothing much from me. I don't know what else to say. I think that's all from me. Should we go straight into the book? Is anybody else that has read? Oh, it's just us. So we're going straight into the book. Um, I don't know. What do you think about discussing the book based on... I have some questions here. I was thinking we can discuss it based on... And questions. based on the a pair of people like i have ali kasa and nusuta i have karibo and Sio. i have tom and nambi and i have auntie abby but i don't know if i want to still include her so uh, i think auntie abby is a pivot is it pivotal or pivotal how do you pronounce that word she's an important character located yeah she is so auntie abby is there yeah, she is. Um, I think that she's kind of a linchpin in this book. Like, like, um, how do I say? It? Like, her character in the book, right, was important for a lot of things, right? Mm. Um, you know, she was important for. What does he mean? Oh, yeah, she was important. Like, like after her dad sent her out of the house, like after her, like she had to leave and stay with her, her aunt. She had to stay with Aunt Abby. You know, when she had to go to school and stay with Aunt Abby, after her, the whole issues between her dad and the stepmom. Hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. She was the one who basically raised her. Yes, and... You know, and the Abby was also one of the people that, like, I think I took a screenshot of it and she was like that. I'm not saying we should make her this thing, but we should acknowledge the burden that is being placed on her. When they wanted to share, like, the properties, the grandfather wanted to share his properties, right? And everybody was like, eh, let's give, why are we even giving things to the women? Let's give everything to the son, right? And Auntie Abby was there standing there, mm-hmm. and was there like, trying to explain you get yeah she's going to be the one that's practically raising these children mm-hmm. how can we not give her anything but give her all the responsibilities right yeah so she was an important character right at so many stages of um the character growth mm-hmm. for caribou yes true and she was basically like a mother to her like a mother figure to her Yes, and there was another interesting part, right? Where she was talking, where like close to the end, right? Where she's with um Nsuta and uh, and her grandma, and her grandma is like, "Don't let Auntie Abby hear that you visited her." Mm-hmm. She has tried to love you like a mother, uh-huh. and if she hears this, right, she'll feel that she has failed. Yeah, she gave her advice at know all these things about boys and relationships and. Mm-hmm. Reza in her house when those people did not even, you know, welcome her in. Yeah. Yeah. Before we start discussing in terms of character, I agree that we should discuss it in terms of like um two characters, mm. right? Or in terms of like group of characters. Mm. I would like to say that she is the most loved main character I have ever read of since we started reading yeah. African. Yeah. yeah, she's the most loved. Mm. I actually started thinking about it. I started thinking about other main characters that have been 
so outspokenly loved. Like, you know, most times we read about these complex characters, right? That end up as a function of where they grew up in, how exactly. their parents loved them, right? But not in the outspoken way, not in the very evident way that Caribo was loved. Hmm. And it's like seeing um, a different type of upbringing. You get because most times we talk about these complex characters, we talk about the fact that their parents love them and they love them the way that they know how to love them, right? And this is um kind of like the same, it's kind of repeated in a lot of them because the cultures are the same, right? We see stuff like um you see stuff where um they tell you okay, the guys are different, or um they tell you that oh, you have to find a man, or like we know that the parents love the children, right? Because you know, at some very important times, right, we can see how they stood up for their children. So we know that they love them, right? But that's like a whole different set of upbringing from the way she was raised. Mm-hmm. Again. So loved and you know almost so spoiled because she went around telling everybody about how my father can my grandfather is this 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 my grandfather can do this and do this and do this like she was so assured and so confident in their love for her mm-hmm. which maybe might have been a function of some guilt you know and they didn't want her to feel you know like she because like her parents were not available for her then and they didn't want her to feel the loss mm-hmm. so there must have been some guilt there, right? But she was so confident of in their affection, their love for her. Mm-hmm. And how she described it and how, you know, she was so proud of all of that, right? And it was seeing things from a different point of view, kind of like for me, right? And um, I'd say she was definitely, she's definitely the most loved. Like, how do I... Um, what was the word I used? Um, she's the most loved character like that I think we've seen so far in among all the books we've been reading. Oh yeah, let's not forget an important fact. The book was set in Uganda. Oh yeah, definitely. In around like 1977 to around 1980 something. She was about kind of started earlier than that because they described the relationship, those letters. Remember those letters where they were describing nineteen thirty something. Yeah. Thirty-five. Think the grandmothers. Hmm. So the first people we're gonna talk about is Ali Kasa and Minnesota, the grandmothers. So I think we we'll want to say something about them, maybe. I tell people that sometimes I think that friendship is 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 can be more refreshing or more important sometimes sometimes than love like these yeah definitely i don't know if i say carnal right it sounds like i'm talking about sex but um than the relationship between a man and a woman like in um you know that kind of stuff <laughs> carnal relationship between a man and a woman the point like when i say that right i don't mean that Friendship is more important than marriage or stuff like that because marriage is like a whole other ballgame. You guys should be friends, right? As well as each other's loved ones, right? But we can see how much she loved her friend in this story, right? Yeah. Alcasa and Both of them. 
Yes, and it was a different time. Like if stuff like that happens now, we'll be like, ah, they don't they must not like each other. What kind of thing is that? How you say because we like each other so much, let's get married to the same man. As <laughs> exactly. We're talking about a different time. Mm-hmm. And people had different priorities then, right? Mm-hmm. And um Suta was like she was kind of like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Everybody had the thought of, okay, let's just read this certain age, let's get married, and let's have children, Uh right? You know, all that. And everybody knows that women don't inherit, you know, stuff. Women don't inherit land. Women, they they have kind of like no say. Uh But she wanted to stand out. Yeah. She wanted to inherit, like build her own house, own her own stuff. Mm-hmm. She just did. She wanted to rebel against what was the norm, and she was lucky enough she to have still supported exactly. her dreams regardless. Yeah. Regardless, yeah, that's that's like something that was important. I guess she wouldn't have had as much leeway, or we can't know if she would have had as much leeway or as much. She would have thought as much or dreamt as much. You get without the support of her parents, right? Mm-hmm. And. She had this friend that was completely opposite, right? But they were best friends. Mm-hmm. They were best friends. Yeah, that one, she wanted to be educated because, like, okay, there was this part that I was reading. Um, okay, I, think I took snapshots. So, uh, let me wait. Okay, before I talk about the snapshot. Anyway, the point is, she wanted to be educated, but she didn't want to be so educated that, you know, she was also kind of like a normal decision. She wanted to fall in love, wanted to have a husband. and But then she felt like her friendship was bigger, more important. And for them, their friendship was like the biggest thing in the world. It was like the most important stuff was what was going to keep them together, right? And they would be together forever. And so they came up with this pact of marrying the same man, right? Mm-hmm. And Arikasa was the plain one. Yeah. She was the homely and the plain one. And this girl, she was vivacious. She was vivacious. She was beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And so the plan was that Unsuta would attract the men, leave them, and then... So hold her. Because they already picked a subject. Mm. They already picked somebody, and they knew that that one, he had decided that he was only going to marry one wife. You know, he didn't want to have that kind of stuff, right? So it came up with a plan. Suta would leave him, and then they will now um Ayakasa will now make him fall in love with her, they'll get married. Like Ayakasa will just like he'll have to get married to her, and then he won't be able to forget his first love. So eventually they will end up together. Alikasa, right? Three of them like in how, this weird she... hormonal relationship. As in... How did she agree to have half love? She knows the man will not fully love her, but she was okay with that as long as her friend. That's why I said for them, the biggest thing in their lives mm. was um their relationship. Yeah. As long as for them it was more yeah. important than any form of love that a man could give. Mm-hmm. Right? Because men are fickle. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that was just it because like you know, at a time where a man could decide to have as many wives and he could have children all over and nobody would say anything and everybody would be like, oh, it's not normal. Men who always be men. That's fine, right? And for them, they felt like that kind of um, this thing was not what 
as much as their friendship that was going to be unending, that was going to be forever. Yeah. Right? That's why I said it was like the biggest thing in their lives. Right? And so they were willing to make that compromise. To stay with Even children, agreeing right? to give birth. She agreed to give birth for her. <laughs> she was like, well, yeah. I give birth, I'll give you my children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about, like, I was, okay, you know, we started from the, from the relationship of the granddaughter, right? And we're seeing this unfold and we've kind of seen the end, Right? But as I was reading it, I was just thinking, oh my God, you must be so naive, right? Because like they don't, they forget about the concept of like um, greed and love and envy and all those things, right? Like having a taste of something, right? Would probably leave you wanting more, right? And nobody takes into account some of these things because we just believe that, okay, yeah, we might be able to retain our principles. Yeah, we'll be able to keep the path and stuff like that. And, you know, it's like how, um, like, when I watch stuff about how people are just plotting, okay, I'm going to plot against this person, I'm going to beat, I'm going to slap, I'm going to do this, right? And then the person is not thinking about, okay, uh, what happens when she slaps me back? Right? The person is not considering that, okay, something might actually happen, like, there may be a reaction, you know, to this, like, person is only thinking about it from, like, things will go my way. Yeah. But forget that life also, you know, throws us curves and things happen, you get, as a reaction to the things we plan and things don't just follow our path, right? But it's good to be younger and to dream and to imagine that the world will be the way we want it to be. Yeah. Anyway, Sha, so they fell in love. Everything worked out the way they wanted it to work out. It actually did. I mean, as it... <laughs> What impressed me was Ali Kasa, who was like, she said that if not that if for the fact that she was sleeping with other men apart from the husband, like Ali Kasa was okay with the thing. Yeah, so, you know, it. she had gotten over her. She, you know, she kind of talked about, you know, um, finding out like, okay, she was she was sending a message to her friend. So that was feeling jealous and feeling upset mm-hmm. and feeling like, you know, her friend may not want to keep the pack. And the friend too was also feeling, like I said, was also feeling that, okay, um, I kind of just want to hold on to this, right? Yeah. Until she found out that her husband is actually still sleeping with. In Sinsota. Mm-hmm. In Sinsota. But then she accepted it because that was the plan. Mm-hmm. Jigger. And, um, she even gave Suta her child after the miscarriage. And and it's so funny how everybody had made it seem like these two were enemies because um, Ali Kasa killed Suta's baby. <laughs> they said that there must be a story here. It's too abnormal for them. Yeah, not, like, like, exactly. There must be this, you know, mad story, this hidden secret, you know, jealousy, rage, anger, betrayal, all of it. Like, a telenovela, like some mad drama like that, but it was actually a very simple explanation. Mm-hmm. Things were simpler than everybody thought it was. She just loved this girl so much, and they agreed on something, and she kept her part of the agreement. Exactly. Like, irrespective of the cost mm-hmm. or how she felt about it, right? Um, anyway, Sha, it was... It was nice. And I've seen... This guy, yeah, I think we also have to include talking about Nsuta and the grandfather. Yeah, definitely. He's part Mm -hmm. of it. That has sprinkle of mirror. That's what I wrote here. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, so but yeah, it was it was very very um, nice to see, and I like the fact that they got back together at the end of the day. When it's a time, because yeah, you know, we're talking about life, right? And you could see that how life dealt and sita right mm-hmm. she had these big plans she had these big hope and dreams and everything right and she was losing her sight yeah and you know when there's something like that i don't i can't imagine how hopeless she must have felt like the worst thing is to not be able to do something about something right yeah i guess that's why we, we sometimes make up reasons to justify things that happen because we can't imagine not being in control, not being able to do something about a particular situation, about any situation, right? Mm-hmm. Feeling helpless, feeling like there's nothing you can do. It's like the worst, one of the, like the worst feelings in the world. Yeah. Okay, so going back to what we're talking about, about Misuta and Alikasa. And she went to um, she went to this place. I've forgotten where she went to. The I've forgotten the name of the place, but it's outside their village. And then she met somebody else. She was trying to see over him, and she met this Nigerian man. And um, I think she she assumed that she would try and forget this guy um, with the guy. And then the guy left her, and I was so sad that they used a Nigerian person. And I wonder how many times. <laughs> They've experienced that. Nigerians are everywhere, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> and then she came back and she was in her sight. And this girl still welcomed her, you know, home. I mean, after she found out that they were still together, she had no choice. And um, all her experiences, I just feel like that's what made her this very wise, insightful woman. Like, she just had so much wisdom floating in her and, just- and I liked how um, we can talk about it in another character. Let's. Are you done talking about Ali Kassan and Sita? I think so. What did you want to mention? You want to mention Sita and Karibu Abi. Mm-hmm. I just found myself going back to their relationship. <laughs> so add that category. Okay, let's go straight to Sita and Karibu. Okay. Um, at first, right? Okay, so I I read I watched this movie behind her eyes. Wasn't oh. you? Oh my god! And that's and that thing just you know wrecked my mind. Yeah. And it's kind of like about astral projection and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the book, it kept talking about how she was two people, mm. and then there was this good person, and then there was the bad person. Yeah. And then sometimes the bad person would fly away. Mm-hmm. And she went to tell Unsuta about it because Unsuta was the blind witch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she she didn't understand enough of what a witch was. She just felt like, okay, what she was experiencing was supernatural. Yeah. And so a witch is obviously a supernatural person. So let her go and discuss with this supernatural person. And she's blind to add to the fact. It makes her a lot more mysterious. Yeah. Do you get and so she's talking to this person and like she's finally finding somebody that agrees with the fact that women have are two people right yeah, and then they're talking about this stuff and i'm like for like a second i'm like please these people should never talk about extra project hope they're not you know coming to add some spiritual notes into this i because i cannot deal that's what i thought for like a oh. second right yeah i was thinking it's like, like this um 
out of body experience as some poor experience kind of like you are seeing your body but then like yeah extra projection no like this one is like like a psychological thing or something oh okay yeah i mean i i but like a psychological thing where they they out they out of their body and they can't do anything about what they're always happening to their body i feel like people that have trauma could experience that We'll continue what you're saying sorry anyway that's like all i thought for like his mm-hmm. second yeah right but then um you know at the beginning right of their relationship right um she talked about Nsuta's changing moods and how her moods affected the way she told stories mm. do you get there was something about that i don't know i don't i i noticed that like that was you know very important for me. And then she started talking about how um, a woman is a body of water because, right, they talked about all these spirits, right, all the strange spirits and all the, this thing, everything that involved the body of water was usually referred to as a woman. And the folk stories behind all of it started with the woman giving birth. Dig hmm. it. Or a spirit, or a woman sending down this thing or something like that, right? Hmm. Right. And then she was talking about how um, women were these formidable characters right but because they wanted to get along with men they shrunk themselves mm. right yeah. and she was talking about how she was telling um caribou that uh, caribou that the two of them know about this and caribou is not going to it's not going to shrink herself and stuff like that i felt like caribou was actually a very mature character for 12. yeah a lot of people who are mature at that age yeah, I don't know. I'm, say, I'm saying that she had so many people that would give her so much information oh, yeah, yeah. that was not available at, if, at the time. Uh, they gave them based on like, their experiences and it was just nice too. Yeah, they- and she was talking about all these things, about loving yourself, understanding, you know, pleasure and all these things and about how... Anyway, the point was she had a lot of experiences like she learned a lot from different people right and Lucita was also a very pivotal um person like talking about like all those stories right mm-hmm. you know sort of helped her um build who she you know eventually felt she was right because she talked about how like when she wanted to break up with you or when she found out about this thing right and she was like she knew herself and she she has always wanted to be one of these women that would not bend or stuff like that when things like this happened yeah right and she realized that she felt so like i think at that point right it made me realize not that she realized i don't know what was going on at that point but it made me realize that she was so um aware Mm, of how powerful she was Mm. and at the end right when she was talking to nsuta and then uh, Nsita was like, well, uh, wow, a man has really changed you. They've strong you and all that. And then she was like, that, no, that's, like, it doesn't mean that just because I fell in love and all those stuff doesn't mean that I've been strong or I've been mended or all those stuff like that, right? Yeah. Right, that women still have their power. And she was like, even the worst of us that says, like, even the worst of us, like, Auntie AY, that says, um, 
I really took a couple of screenshots. Why can't I find them? Sorry. Yeah, I just remember I remember them the story, but I don't remember exactly what she said. But I just know it was so she said and it was something that um even yeah, she said even the worst of us, like Auntie A wife, right? Because Auntie A wife always used to say, and men will always be men now. Let them do what they are doing. That's how we tease you. Yeah. You just have to adjust. That's what Auntie A always says, right? And so she was like, even the worst of us, like what she does is managing them. Mm. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah. I think I finally found my screenshots. Okay, sit here. Mm. So that's how he took this thing out of you, right? Mm. And she's like, no sting was taken. Okay, yeah. What they talked about? Oh, yeah. This part was also important. What they talked about the vagina being the power of a woman, mm-hmm. and how like she like they told about stories about how these women sat down, like she she was naked and she sat down, and then the man just had to run away because he was afraid of the cost that's been placed on his head, and how they talked about how women have uh bad that the first person you should see should not be a woman if not you have bad luck yeah women even had to like carry their children if they had a son just so that mm-hmm. yeah. yes so like they can't um yeah you can't sell to a woman he has to be like even if he's a son but it has to be a man yeah ticket and then she's like that's what Suta was telling her right? and she she had realized herself yeah, after all these experiences, right? She had grown from saying, Oh, yes, that's that's very true, that's very right, and nodding ahead at everything Ansita said to forming her own ideas mm-hmm. of what her power as a woman is and what it represents. And she was like, uh, no sting was taken. If we acquiesce in hiding our bodies, we allow the meat to stay. Mm-hmm. But taking away the meat takes the little power some women have. That's what Ansita said to her. She was like, Ansita, it is dangerous keeping feminine power down there. Whether it's in meat or in mysteries, we put the target on our bodies. Mm-hmm. Sooner they will come to read. It's true. Do you get? And then Ansita is like, nothing takes this thing out of a woman like marriage. And when children arrive, arrive, the window closes. Wife, mother, age, and role model. The respect that comes... With these rules, is the water they pour on your uh, on your fire? Ticket and she, she's like, like at the beginning, right? You would you would realize that at the beginning she would have agreed, she would have been like, yes. So that's how I felt, ticket and all this stuff. And then she, she's like, every woman resists, even in private. Most of our resist. Hello. Comfort, you've been cut off. I have. Hmm. Okay. You're back. Everyone marries. You can hear me. Continue from there. What? You stopped that. Well, I stop. Resists. Huh? Every woman resists. Oh yes. Often it is private. Most of our resistance is so everyday that women don't think up, think twice about it. It is life, even the worst of us, like Auntie Y.A., who massages the male ego with allow men to be men mm. and not really shrinking for managing their men. It's true. Interesting. But that's like, anyway. right. She formed her own point of view. 
Exactly. Accepting. She had gone from, you know, seeing herself as two people. Mm. One, the evil spirit that keeps that keeps wandering. The other, the good and the you know kind her. So just like both of them are one person, like parts of a whole, two parts of a whole person. Yeah. And that growth was, you know, really interesting to read. Yeah. And I think like, in fact, I think the <laughs> the um, most childish thing she actually did was when she went to go and look for her mom. When she when her dad when she went to go and tell the woman's husband that um yes <laughs> she first actually had to tell her she's a student doing a project hey. and then when the guy now got there and then she's now oh, telling them oh yes your if if your wife is this person then she's my mother hmm. is this her father yeah. this is her yeah and <laughs> she was so obsessed with knowing who her mother was mm-hmm. like it would um explain some things about herself to her yeah. Like her identity was not complete without knowing who her mother was. Like she had questions that needed answers. Mm-hmm. It was so sad. I felt felt bad for the mother and for her because the mom denied her day. Saying no, it's not my daughter. And I don't know her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was this part, right? About when she was telling a story at the beginning, when she was telling a story, right? And then in the story, she's like, as in women, one of the heroes finally said, I don't remember, okay, page 10. The way you seem so weak and helpless, and you feel sorry, the way they seem so weak and helpless, yeah. and you feel sorry for them. But I'm <laughs> telling you, between that help, beneath that helplessness, they are deep, mm-hmm. a dangerous depth without a bottom. Yes. He nailed the words with a fist in, with into a fist with an open arm. You live with them, love them, and have children with them, thinking they are fellow human beings. But I'm telling you, you know nothing. <laughs> that was when they found the girl in the um, inside the hole that she was singing. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then they just kept talking like a woman was an evil spirit that you can't live without. Hmm. I just feel like yeah. it's like when, like when that story, when she was saying that story, and she was like, oh, um, they had to believe that like women come from the sea and that men men own the land. And yes, they said women, the woman and the sea are baffling and changeful. Today they are this, tomorrow they are that. Yeah, that the water mm-hmm. has no shape. It can be this, it can be that, <laughs> depending on where it flows. The sea and then the guy was like, a woman will kill you with her eyes open and you will not see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> And they're talking about all of this and how, um, right, like it was important for them to manage women, to mold them. Like, this is, don't go through it. Like, and I was just thinking, like, it made me think about um, stuff that women have gone through. Like, okay, um, you know, for a while, like in some places, they couldn't go to school. Because they felt uh, there's no point of a woman having knowledge. She doesn't have to have knowledge. She doesn't have to go to school. She just has to learn how to do this and do this and do this. Mm-hmm. So a woman was kind of like in a box. This is yeah. all she should do. She should not explore. She starts asking questions. Ah, she must be a witch. 
disfigured. And I'm thinking about this, right? I'm thinking about, I was thinking about her story and I was thinking about like, was that why they felt the need to put women in a box? This is definitely all you should do. They're scared of the power of women, I believe. <laughs> and I was thinking, of, I was just, I don't know, I was thinking about a lot of things as I was reading this book, Sha. Anyway, Sha, so that was one of the things I was thinking about. And then they talked about women um, not supporting women. That women are the most vicious to other women. Yeah, she said that. She's like, when mm-hmm. you don't be one of those women that, you know, attack other women or bring them down. Yes. That's true. Yeah, because it's not easy to be a woman. Nice. I think I've read some some something like that too. So and then wait, okay, yeah. Let's um, talk about other characters. Then I'll no, wait, I'm not done now. Let me talk about it. So and I wanted to give you the. I wanted to hand you the mic, the metaphorical I mic. I like Nusuta, so I have I have some things to say. So in okay. the story, um, when you talk about the water. And that women are like water. And they were saying, oh, the sea is, is not constant. It cannot be tamed. And I'll think of that like women again. And there's no yield to human cultivation. It cannot be owned. You cannot draw borders across the ocean. And I thought that was very interesting. And then for me, I was seeing it as like seas this deep. You know how the sea is deep and it's not yet explored. Like there are a ton of things that we don't still know about the sea. And it holds like secrets that only it knows and only God knows. And that's why that's like the woman. Um, it's like it lets you explore it once in a while and it shows you some things that you haven't discovered. I still see new things that haven't been discovered. And I just found that, that was a very interesting way. Um, especially when she named the book, A Girl is a Body of Water. So it was just like really cool to see. And I agree with you, yeah, for Caribou, like the growth and her maturity through the book and also the power of storytelling and using that to like help the next generation hear from my experience. Because I feel like if she just told her straight, like what the ideas were, it won't have like impacted her as deeply as, you know, telling her through the form of stories and getting her, you know, interested, especially because she was also interested in telling stories. Um yeah oh yes another part i really liked was when misuta told her that once the world stares at beauty the brain stops growing and that beauty brings all the fine things in life where a plain girl needs her wits about her that's what the world thinks um she now said that by the time people realize that a dark woman is beautiful has already walked past walked past and mm-hmm. it was very interesting because she was like don't focus on beauty she was like you didn't end this beauty like just focus on the things you want to do don't let that distract you and i think there's a point somebody said something like oh that she's beautiful but then when she was smiling they're like oh it's not this beauty is not physical that's it's something that is like internal something like that so it was just really interesting um talking about beauty and all and it just reminded me of when Michelle Obama and McClure twins, like there's this thing they did for like Waffles and Mochi, I think that's the name of the show. And, you know, she was telling them, oh, you guys are polite, you guys are smart, you guys are poised. And she didn't even focus on the fact that they're beautiful. And then people were commenting like, that's really good. Like, 
don't like like let that not be the first thing compliment to give someone so that that won't be like all the focus on and all that because that's not all there is there's more to them than that so yeah that's what i have to say that was like one of my favorite parts the beauty parts yeah page 20 oh i didn't know the page okay yeah i took a screenshot of it really like that as well so now we're going straight to Kirabo and Silo, and with a sprinkle of Givoa. So, do you want to? Okay, I really liked Kirabo and Silo's relationship um, because it was deep. Like, I really love relationship that is deep. I don't know. In K drama, they always like a lot. They do a lot of reference to that, like stories where you guys meet as children, and then you guys have this strong deep relationship as adults i i really like all those type of stories and even when it happens in real life to just like a backstory because you have this person who sorry you said even when it happens in real life yeah. do you have one childhood um distant sweetheart that you want to get married to no not me wait till me <laughs> i don't know does <laughs> <laughs> whatever god wants but like i like when i hear stories about that in real life like moving myself out of it um because it's nice because this person knows you like from the start they know your background and then they know you as you were growing up and things that you've gone through and know you now which you are kind of like a different person it's still fascinating to them i just think that those type of relationships are like just very deep and they are based on like friendship as well so there's like a stronger bond than just um love so, um, I really liked their relationship. Gibwa is my least favorite character. Well, I'll let a lot of talk. Comfort, go for it. What do you think about them? Who's making that this paper sound? <laughs> Comfort, I knew it was you. I can see it on the <laughs> So why did I say who is making it? <laughs> just people always do that. Always that person, you know, turn it off. I can actually see who the person is. You can see the audio. <laughs> so, um, hmm. wow. I I don't know. I just how do you feel about their relationship and would you have a, would you advise her to marry him even though he like said he made a mistake and you know slept with her best friend just one time hmm I don't know this is like kind of like the most conflicted I've been about um How I like relationship between the main characters and their significant others. Hmm. Is I think it's those kind of stuff is personal. Like this kind of stuff. Yeah. You, I don't know. It's, mm-mm. And it's like a side personal happening. You know, different people's relationships. They always ended up with like a child outside, her family, her father. Exactly. Mm-hmm. My grandfather. I was thinking about how that repeated themselves, repeat, repeated itself like 
uh-huh. how many cycles, like her grandmother uh-huh. and Sutta and the grandfather, uh-huh. her father, um, the two sisters, uh-huh. and the two sisters, she and the best friend. And I could tell from the beginning that the boy, I was looking at her, I said, this girl is an NDCO. And I knew that her best friend was targeting him to sleep with him, but I didn't know she was targeting for, you know, to give her to a child for him. But I knew she was targeting the guy since. And she wanted to make, she wanted to live bigger. She had bigger dreams. Holy. And I guess she didn't, oh, she didn't, she never saw herself as a best friend. She saw herself as, oh, um, her mo- my mother works for the father. Yeah. So therefore, does she expect me to just kiss the ground she works on and just mm. be her slave? Mm. It's true. She said that their relationship is not balanced. That exactly. Can't be. So they can never be friends. Yeah, relationship. Which is quite interesting. I feel like a part of her kind of wanted to like our generation. A part of her kind of our generation was just slaves, slaves, used, but now she can carry, she has one child that has you know moved up the ladder somehow. Maybe that's what she wanted. I don't know. I don't know. But still, no wow. I would have, I don't know. I mean, she could have married up. She was beautiful. I don't know. But her circumstances kind of limited her. But at the same time, I felt like there, there might have still been an opportunity rather than going after somebody that was very in a close circle. She wasn't interested. She wasn't interested in um, education because for her, it was important. Mm-hmm. She just wanted to leave kind of like her mom. But at the same time, she wanted something that she wanted to take something that um her friend had because she felt like life was so unfair to both of them you yeah. know that she she was beautiful too and she had to work for like she she was light-skinned mm. and you know that she sort of felt like that entitled her to more mm. than what her dark-skinned friend was entitled to because she was the beautiful of them, but that girl, that all she had was um, her family yeah. and the money, and that was why she was able to take stuff that was meant for her. It's just interesting. One point that she was like telling her that, "Oh, this is my house. This is my land." She's like women don't own land. It's like, "Oh yeah, but me, I own this land." She's like, "You have land. Me, I have." Rest. I'm like, "Oh my goodness." <laughs> oh my goodness well i mean i don't know but i just know that her and ceo they have this deep love and i i was thinking about it i was like i did his respect for her that made him not want to sleep with her he didn't want to defile her but then this one was there and he's like i i'm i have to let this out i don't know what happened i wish i could as the, and I don't I don't know I don't think it's an excuse. It's not an excuse. Yeah, like and Abby was trying to explain that and this guy really loves you and this guy really respects you. That's why he didn't do this, you know, and all that, mm. right? It's just like I've said so many times in so many episodes of this podcast. Nobody should use love as an excuse for doing stupid stuff like that. Kirabo and CEO, I like their relationship. It's unfortunate that Gibwa came in with that child. 
But I still think she's going to marry him because she loves him. And they have to have <laughs> friendship. Well, I wish them the best. The book has ended, like you said. We don't know the end. So I just want to... I think she will still end up with him, Sha. They have a deep history. So next character, we have Tom and Nambi. That's her father and the sister of her mother. <laughs> oh my god. And her stepmom. Her stepmom. She crossed the line. Who? The stepmom. Well, and, oh, when she's like, go and sleep with your dad. Oh yeah, that was that was crossing the line. Uh, she 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 felt she had too much power in that house. But I mean, he brought her in without telling this woman. I mean, they all played a part in it being like no, they, no. But they talked about how she he has been telling her since that he wants oh, her to leave, and she has been rejecting his true. Yes. So he finally just brought her. Wait, did she know that that's her sister's child? I wasn't sure if she knew, but her father knew. Yeah. But I, I don't think she knew until after their marriage. Until after he died, Abby? After, no, after their marriage, though. Oh. That's strange. It's probably one of the reasons why she was so resistant to her. Hmm. She looked like her. <laughs> So the child looks like her own. <laughs> that would have made it easier to blame. That's probably what everybody was thinking. Oh yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. she's your sister. I mean, yeah, yeah she's your, your niece. Now mm-hmm. your stepchild. <laughs> it would be easier for you to form a relationship with her. But that's what people thought. What people thought. But she just could not get over this barrier in her heart. Yeah, she didn't want well, to. Well, like, no, that was just that was just going too far. I mean, she could have fought with her husband about it. Why involve the girl and say, go and sleep with your father? After all, you're his wife. That was pushing it too far. Ah, mm-mm. That was like over defense. In fact, that flown beyond defense. How old was she that she had to hear that from her stepmom? Hmm. That's quite young. Zach, that's what I'm saying. No matter how old she is, she should not be hearing that. Okay. Do you have anything else to say about their relationship? Very uncomfortable. They don't really dwell so much on their relationship. I said that they fought a lot. Well, for me, I feel like the interesting thing is the fact that he saw her and then saw the person he loved in her. Because I mean, he's—I don't know how old he was when he had a child with her sister who was thirteen. Nineteen. He was nineteen when she. Really. Mhm. Eh well, okay. Well, I don't know, but his so-called love is what called him to, you know, look at another girl that looks like her, Maria. He didn't really marry that girl because he loved her or something. He, I feel like is that resemblance that. You remember how he called that a move something? I can't remember the word. But like it's just supposed to mean these women that look like beautiful Mujini. women. And then yeah, Mujini. Good, like, and then they take I them like and like the men torture the men. Eh? 
I feel like that's like mommy water. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was just so funny to me. Jimmy. It's quite interesting, Sha. I want to say more about that relationship. I don't say more now. I don't recall at the moment. Well, yeah, I want to ask a question. I was like, I, I think for me, I was thinking, how would you, like, when you love someone and you guys cannot be together, I wonder why people still end up getting married to someone who doesn't love them. Like, I was thinking of different scenarios. Like, I was thinking of women who know that, like, so much kids, mostly kid drama right now in my head. But, like, they know this guy doesn't love them. They can't feel it. They know they don't feel any connection to this man. But then he's proposing love, and they know the woman he loves. My only is putting yourself in that kind of situation. Like, why do people do it? Like, I've seen... Some people now. just believe that eventually yes. he will see what they love him so good for him. Mm, true, true that. You fall in love with me. I think I've some seen, people do it because they're not looking for yeah, love. As long as I love you, like that's enough for me. I don't need you to love me back or something like that. Some mm-hmm. weird situations like that. It's, but that's a very sad situation because most then of you, the person doesn't end up loving you back. And then do you know the sad part: putting yourself in a position where you have to understand. I cannot tolerate that. Mm, what do you mean? Like, um, okay, you know that this guy loves this girl, and but he still married you. Mm. And then if he mistakenly goes out with her, or if he mistakenly sleeps with her, you have to understand. No. Because he had always been in love with her. Interesting. Mm. Or you have to understand that this is his best friend, so maybe sometimes she has to come first. Hmm. Or you have to understand. I I do not want to have to understand. Exactly. Dig it. I just want you to just know that there are no excuses for this kind of behavior. I don't want to have to understand anything. Mm. I think that's like the worst position to put yourself in. Because you now have to try and justify it. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. Like, like beyond like cheating in the relationship, right? You have to understand that maybe um he had a bad day, so he got he he got drunk, right? And he came home, you get however he came home and he's angry. And you have to understand that it's not really personal, he's just like the way he's just beating you because okay, maybe um stuff went wrong and you have to understand. Mm. I don't want to have to understand, that's just something I will not allow myself to do. Hmm. That's true. And then you have to find excuses and you have to justify and you have to give yourself reasons to still be there. Just because like it was something you were sort of aware of or something that I don't know, or maybe you want you say, Oh, I love him so much, so I'll understand, I'll try and understand mm. from his perspective. It's not a good position to put yourself in. So it does, you know. It's just, you know, sad. Because I feel like that's kind of situation now. This Tom and Lambi now. I wonder if she felt the love from him when she entered. Like, what, what even drew her to him? 
I wonder. Forgotten Nisha. The different things I was feeling as I was sharing it. But I see so many situations. I think her so did not get complete love from her husband. But her own was a pack. So that's different. But it's just different things. I and she wasn't somebody that was marrying because she wanted to be in love. Yeah. With... I was talking to... I don't know. Was it you I was talking to? I was talking to my friend about it. That people marry for so many reasons. Yeah. And so she wasn't marrying because, okay, maybe she wanted... Um, a companion that will love her till the end of time. Mm. Yeah. She was married because she felt it was kind of like her mission. Mm. And she wanted to have a child and she get from it. Yeah. But it was I don't it wasn't anything romantic. Yeah. Okay, so the next, okay, that's all actually. We've talked about everybody. Um, Spring of Narco, we talked about Narco, we talked about Auntie Abby at the beginning. Do you want to say more about Auntie Abby? We yeah, let's we talk about Auntie Abby. I loved Auntie Abby. But she, I don't know if I took a screenshot of the stuff she said. Um, let's see. Sure, I'm looking for it. Okay. Hmm, I don't see it, Sha. the point where she was um Point where she was shall like um that you have to recognize her responsibilities okay because when they're talking about how um the elders were like ah you should never give women at a seat when they just come they will scatter everything you know they, they are very unreasonable and stuff like that right and she was thinking about how she was going to be the one um caribou was going to be the one that took that took care of her siblings so she needed something to you know, be able to take care of them. Mm-hmm. I liked how, um, like I said, how loved she was. Do you get mm-hmm. like her grand, her grandparents didn't care about what was going on with the times, the seasons, the traditions, and all those stuff. They just wanted to make sure that she was happy. Yeah, and that was like more important to them than whatever age old tradition there was. Do you get? Mm-hmm. Anyway, sure. Yeah, she was lost. And she was <laughs> at the beginning, she'll be like, You guys have to listen to my stories. You guys are here. <laughs> like, everybody <laughs> has to listen because they don't want to get to that bad side because they, everybody knows that she was grandpa's favorite. <laughs> like it was so funny. You get <laughs> and I was actually picturing her standing up and everybody's like, Oh, this one. Again. And then somebody's like, <laughs> Grandpa loves her, grandpa doesn't come home. <laughs> and then everybody has to listen to our story. <laughs> that story was very impactful. The story, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. I was so shocked. I was surprised too. That was a very interesting story. And just you know, pointing to the fact that people in that time as well didn't know that the gender of a child is not dependent on the woman, but is actually dependent on the man. You know, 
Mana ya, depending on the man actually. So it was very interesting. And then the women had to leave because they were giving birth to children, girls, girls, giving birth to girls, and then that one gave it to a girl and a boy as twins, kept her son and kept her daughter in. Was it Keith? Oh she pipe. An anthill. An anthill. <laughs> Very interesting story. Well, what was your... Were you still talking about Auntie Abby? No, I was just saying Auntie Abby was very important. Okay. So what she was... Gets, like, she she okay. came out at every... Like, she came out at... She was kind of like a joining this thing. Do you get? Between oh. um, when she was a child and when she was an adult. Auntie mm-hmm. Abby taught a lot of important stuff. You get that shaped how she felt about herself, yeah, and how she felt about love and you know, men. Mm-hmm. That's why I said she was a linchpin. Mm. And uh, Auntie Abby, irrespective of the fact that she was a woman, irrespective of the fact that she couldn't speak, she, she always wanted to step up for this, her niece that she mm. loved so much. Do you yeah. get? And remember her uncle, that's like during the meeting, like during the elders meeting where they were sharing the properties and then Auntie Abby now spoke, right? Mm. And then somebody now said, the elders were now saying, hey, look out for this one. No. It's like she wants to be your father's successor. She wants to take over your this thing, you know, your inheritance. Look out for her. And then the uncle is like, it doesn't even, like, my sister is allowed to speak. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even matter if my father wants to make her the successor, then she will become the successor. I will fully support him. Yeah. And I was just thinking in my head that oh my god, these grandparents did a good job, irrespective of whatever was happening in their lives and their personal relationships. That Miro guy, I really like his way of thinking. And he was like, Yeah, the women should attend the meeting. Why not? So my my daughter has a right to speak her mind under my roof. Mm-hmm. Really nice. He was a very impressive man for a time like that. Yeah. And that's why they could raise such amazing children and grandchildren. Yeah, yeah but you know, I think he, you know, I I just realized how much of a growth it was for him too, you know. Um, because when they talked about his relationship with um Minnesota. Minnesota, mm-hmm. yeah. She said that she left him. And the reason why she started seeing other men was because he wanted to relent. Like, he refused to be married, even though he was in love with her and even though he wanted to marry her. But when everybody was talking about, ah, see what you're doing to your wife. See, this, this, this. you can't do this. You can't do this. He relented. Yeah. He didn't stand up mm-hmm. for her. And then they had to hide off to be in love. Mm. And she felt like it wasn't enough, so she supplemented him. As the exact word she used. Yeah. So I supplemented you. Dig it. Mm. And when you hear about that, right? And you think about the man that is standing between before elders, you know, that are probably older than him, um, that have probably been in the family more than him, and all that stuff. And then he's telling them that my daughter has a right mm. to speak her mind under my roof. 
people are constantly growing. Yeah, definitely. Even when he was young and she told him that, oh, I want to go to study a nurse and you know, study nursing and all. He's like, why do women need more education? And that time, that's what he was saying. But now mm-hmm. he's like one of the advocates for education and everyone sends their children there to be, you know, to be educated. And it's just really cool. Let's see. Like you said, growth. So how do you, what's your opinion of the writing of the book? We've been um, discussing the characters and now we're going straight to like some questions I had. So what do you think of the writing of the book? What do you mean? Like the form of the way she wrote, like, okay, okay, I could say mine, let me that will help. I like the way the writer wrote. Like at first, I started started listening to the audio book and that's what got me interested like oh my god this is such an interesting story but i like how she she wrote and brought in like stories i think it's like actual folklore stories um that are told in uganda but i'll check to like confirm but i like how she brought stories because he kind of like um emphasized the point she was trying to make more and i like how the character she wrote about like she showed us the growth. She didn't just like state it from one point to another and then she showed the backstory, but not just show the backstory, but kind of like separated into parts. So all the story made sense as we read it and we had the whole story. Um, so I like the journey of the story. I like how it was told. And yeah, that's how I felt about the, the writing. I think that's what I was supposed to say. What did I you think? What was really okay, me? Mm-hmm. What was most amazing about this book, aside every other thing, was the letters. Mm. I loved reading the letters that Suta wrote to, no, yeah, that you exchanged, mm. and um, you know, give us a clear picture of each other of themselves and what they were experiencing like mm. time was passing through those letters without have without them having to talk about okay one year passed two mm. year passed ticket and all that stuff yeah and um, i liked that they didn't talk about the relationship between the grandmothers until very very late in the book yeah because we had to see the grandmother's relationships from other people's perspective mm-hmm. from our own judgment before finding out what the truth actually was mm-hmm. like it would it wouldn't have been so incredulous exactly if they had explained it in the beginning mm-hmm. get then them explaining that close to the end and then you're like oh so this is what happened mm-hmm. wow you get and you're like oh rumors mm-hmm. that's what i like the most about the book yeah did you have like a different opinion as you were reading the book? Like, did it change? But then we go to the end. I, I don't know. Um, I, okay, I guess. Um, the thing I like about books is that sometimes they tell you stuff you don't you already know. Mm. Sometimes 
and they tell you stuff you don't know, like you figure out, right? The point is there's new knowledge every time you read a book. Because even though it's stuff you already know, you read it in such a profound, like the impact is not as profound as being told directly. Like, okay, be a good girl. Don't do this, don't do that, mm-hmm. right? They are just words. But when you experience the story, mm-hmm. as you read through it. Exactly. The, mm-hmm. the lesson is more long lasting. Mm-hmm. Impactful. Than, you know, being yeah, they are being told directly mm-hmm. that this is what you should do and this is not what you should do. Exactly. Okay. So I don't know um, if I would say disagree. Like I just felt like it's not. I don't know. I I I wasn't going to put myself in every character and disagree with whether a person should do this or should not do this. Mm. Right. I just learned the lessons I could learn. From the characters that we presented. Yeah. Who's your favorite character? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I have to think about that one. My favorite mm. was the sister. Yeah. I liked how she um she was ambitious, she had dreams, she pursued them. She was a good friend still. And you know, she was sharing this wisdom and experiences. I just enjoyed her character. Yeah, I loved her and I loved Auntie Abby. And you know, funny enough, I'm talking about Auntie Abby, but my best part about her, in fact, my most like what made her like one of my favorite characters in this entire book was when was that like the whole elder stuff, what she was talking yeah. about. Like that single statement, that single sentence she wrote, like about how they had to recognize the responsibility that they had placed on this girl and give her something to take care of these responsibilities. And just that sentence just um, mm-hmm. sort of revolutionized how I felt about her throughout the book. And I just forgot to mention about, about um, huh? Oh, have you finished speaking? Oh, yeah, that's all. Okay, so I forgot to mention. Oh, someone said the book was speaking. Hmm. I can imagine. Oh, no, because when can you guys hear me? When I started reading the book, um, everything was going, you know, booky. <laughs> but then I got to when she was having the should I say existential um experiences of like flying out of her body, and so I was like, oh man, I even messaged Bob. I was like, Bob, have you read this book? This is too witchy, witchy. What do you think? <laughs> And um we were just sending me funny little um, emojis, but yeah. Um yeah, that, that part was the spooky because then the witch and all this funniness and the child in until because in my mind I was actually seeing the thing. Yeah. Um, but I think for me the book made up for all those things by some very well placed phrases, like they tried to love the mother out of the child. My god, the power in that sentence alone was crazy. There was another one also. Um, stories are critical. The, the minute we fall silent, someone will, will feel the silence for us. That stories are critical. The minute we fall silent, someone will feel the silence for us. So like that part was really, was really something because I remember reading it and I was like, wow. 
So, um, and for me, like what I was saying was I wrote it down because, you know, like these days I'm writing again. So I would like to use it as an inspiration for whatever I write this week. Because it's like, if you don't tell your story, a story will be told either ways. So you might as well tell your story or just fall into the narrative, like people's narratives or something. So which is powerful. And then when the, the older, which I don't know what their names are still big in my head, but the older which lady that was saying that, look at them, like, no, like I said, I was saying it mentally kind of where she was like, oh, they were trying to love the mother out of the child. Is that possible? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, hmm, the line. I wrote that as well. And there were some other paragraphs I noted as well, though, but yeah, a lot of well-placed um, phrases that will just shock you. <laughs> exactly. What's your favorite character? Did you have a favorite character? Favorite character. Eesh, that's a tough one. Maybe the grandmother, though. I don't know. It's like... There were two grandmothers. Yeah, there were two, but like the one she actually grew up, not the other one, because the oh, one that that was actually quite um, uh, what was the name of the one that was there in the Arikasa. house cooking the food and doing all those things. Arikasa, Arikasa, yeah, that one, that one. Okay, why? Uh, Very formidable. Why did you? No, she, 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 she was for me. She gave me like strong woman vibe and stuff like that. And she had like dynamics to herself in terms of, you know, handling the other grandmother and even the witchy one, because, you know, the story of that one's relationship with Tom, I think her son or something and stuff like that. And, you know, I was just thinking, imagine if your son had this kind of relationship with, you know, someone who you feel this way about. And I don't know, there's so many dynamics to a character that I actually like anyways. Okay. There was a point when Suta said, um, we don't know ourselves, so how can we say we know anyone? That was like a very deep thing for me as well. Um, when she was asking about the grandfather, I just wanted to throw that in there. It's really cool. Um, then maybe, do you remember this part? Something about, but the Bible says that God created Adam and Eve in his own image. If he created them in his own image, um, then afterwards, Adam recreated Eve. I don't know. There's something about like Adam yeah. repeating his own image, mm. one that created him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you know the actual story and then you, you read this, you're like, ah, interesting. <laughs> because Eve was created from Adam. Mm-hmm. So God created man generally in his image, yeah. But like, was the creation of Eve really one of, of subjection or partnership? Because here it's it's painting it uh it's not even like like god created them then god left the picture and then adam was the one really maybe molding eve or something which in a sense like if you look at it theologically that okay god created eve from adam and left eve with adam so of course the only person eve had to rely on for a lot of time for a lot of things would be Adam. You know, Adam would probably be like, oh, yeah, look over there. I named that animal elephant. Oh, look over there. This is this. Oh, yeah, so this is what I do during the day. This is what you should be doing. I don't know. I was just seeing this crazy picture in my head, and I was like, what a way to interpret this thing that I'm so familiar with. So, yeah, that was something else, too, I think I also wrote down. Interesting. 
Yeah, they, they called women um, oceans and men land, which was, <laughs> oh my God, this book will just add a lot. Yeah, so like, okay, like the, the old thing about like how you can't tame an ocean, an ocean is borderless, it just takes, um, um, I don't know, something about form, you know, like free-willed and stuff like that. That the land, you know, has borders and is rigid and all this funny stuff. It's like, yeah, that is man. And then women are so dynamic and just, you know, I was, I was really... What what an analogy though. Like those are the kind of things anyways, like what I said earlier, like placing these lines strategically so that like you could read, read, tell us in the story, and all of a sudden this line or lines like this come up and you're like, Oh my god, <laughs> where did this come from? Mm-hmm. And, and then yeah, the, the next thing is you're just thinking on these particular things for a while. Okay, so we've come to the end of this session. Do you have more to say, Samuel? No, not yet. Just you guys go on. I'm actually still paying attention. So we're done, basically. Okay. Uh-huh. So thank you all for coming to this session. Um, we really appreciate you. Um, I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you, God, um, for bringing us to this session. We thank you all for what we've learned. Pray, God, that you keep teaching us every day and guiding us. And you take control over every single thing we do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You have a good week, guys. Thank you. Feel free to send us DMs and comments about the books that you would like us to read and how you feel about the episode. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Check out our Instagram for book recommendations and for more information at Cots, C-A-U-G-H-T underscore red-handed, R-E-A-D-H-A-N-D-E-D. So at cut underscore red-handed.